This is the Negro League Podcast with Preach James. Gentlemen, this is the Negro League Podcast. I go by the name of Preach Jacobs. We are sponsored by Mo Better Soul Clothing. Go to mobettersoul.bigcartel.com. Enter the code NEGRO to save 10% on your next motherfucking order, motherfucker. Um, it's been a really, really cool week or so. Uh, shout out to my homie, Danita Hathaway, uh, for the last episode of the podcast. She has some great stories about Prince and, and Stevie Wonder and Buster Rhymes. Really excited to have her on here. And uh, this is kind of a cool episode as well. Uh, got a homie who's representing my area for the guys and gals that don't listen to this in my city uh, from Columbia, South Carolina. It's an amazing producer and just a creative mind, um, musician, and also the founder of, a, was it Three Shots Podcast? Yeah, Three Shots and Money Sport International. Word. Get a little yeah, bit closer yeah. on that. Yeah, okay, I see it now. There yeah. you go. Three shots, money sport international. You already know. It's the homie Ram Bruce. What's up? Yeah, yeah. What it do? What it do? Man, shout out to you, man, because uh, we've been trying to uh, set this podcast up, and I know we were supposed to catch up tomorrow. For you guys that listen to this, y'all ain't gonna know the difference, but this is fucking cool. We were supposed to catch up in the daytime, but I had some shit come up. I eat work, and I was just like, "Yo, what you doing now?" And it's Friday night, and he's like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna pull up." Yeah, so, being real impromptu with it, you already yo, know. I, dope. I support motherfuckers to do the pull up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah we were just having a conversation about, um, you know, uh, people that be like, "Hey, if you're ever in town," or "Hey, blah blah blah," and and they don't expect you to do the pull up. Like, I respect the person to do the pull up. So I wouldn't be the nigga that I was if I'm like, "Hey, what, what you want to drink?" It's you the, know what I'm saying? The culture, bro. Absolutely. You know what I mean, like, word is everything out this bitch. So tell me what you're working on now. As far as what, you know, we're doing a lot of things, man. I guess we have to break it down in tiers. So, number one, let's talk about, if, if we have to talk about the first love, is music the first love? Definitely. All right, let's talk about that first. Well, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you want to talk about how I got here? Or like, like where you want to start? I, I got a little bit of lineage going on in my, in my blood. We got to get, uh, like, if you were doing your biopic... And Morgan Freeman was doing the story of the life. <laughs> right? um, I would say it would definitely start off at my grandma Yvonne house. Um, my uncle was, I would say, you know, really doing his thing on the circuit back in the day. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people don't know his name is Tommy Illfingers and shit. Illfingers. Shout out to Illfingers. Yeah, so like that's my father, brother. Word. You know what I'm saying? I got introduced to that, to the culture as a kid. Like, you know, sneakers music. I'm listening to like real versions of like, Wu-Tang and all mm-hmm. that shit as a kid, and I was like, yo, this shit cool, like, hearing them scratching, like, you know, him coming with different records every day, you know? That's how I first saw you, Word. you know what I mean? Like, you went to the record store a couple times and shit, <laughs> used to have locks back in the day and oh shit. Oh my gosh, I'm I'm officially bald now, but yeah, you're making me feel old. Word. So, I mean, it was just cool, bro, like, you know, so I was like, you know, I'm into this shit, and um, I want to do this, so I was writing, you know, freestyling, and... You know, as time progressed, you know, I became a producer. Word up. I'm an engineer. You know Word what I'm saying? Up. I did like an internship with Fat and them, so shout out to them. Shout out to Fat. I was part of that group, New SC. And now I'm doing this Money Sport International thing. 
Tell me about your production. Like, what was the? All right, everybody has like their story. Like the first piece of equipment they got. Like when I when I first started recording, we got like a fucked up four track Tascam, right? And like when we first were able to like layer our voices, we thought it was like the greatest shit ever. But it probably <laughs> sounds terrible. So, what was like the first piece of equipment you started working on? Um, funny story. So my we went to this school where they gave us a laptop in high school and shit. Okay. What what high school is this? Um, Richland one middle college. Okay. Like, you know what I'm saying? I would be at somebody's house every once in a while producing just on their shit. But we got these laptops and my homeboy found a way to like jail rig this shit. So he like took all the software that the school had on there and we put like <laughs> our own version of Windows. Word. And we put our own version of FL Studio on there. So I was like, man, we was just making beats like yo, every fucking day on like FL. We got, I mean, this shit was funny. Like, uh, you know, Liv. Yeah, absolutely. That's my dude. Yeah, we yeah. did an episode of the podcast together too. Yeah, Liv's my brother. So you know what I'm saying? Liv was at that school and shit. <laughs> Word. Yeah. So like, Liv was like DJ, like my homeboy DJ's fucking English teacher and shit. What? And um, he Liv was working with this dude named Nunley. Mm-hmm. So shout out to Mr. Nunley and shit. You know what I'm saying? Nunley was like really big on like, um, Dilla. Yeah, absolutely. So he was playing like a lot of Dilla. He was playing a lot of Guilty Simpson, mm-hmm. Elza, mm-hmm. all the Detroit, all the Detroit greats, all that shit. So I mean, we hearing that shit, and you know what I'm saying. He was like challenging us on some sampling shit. So I mean, like we was like basically sampling like all the fucking time. Like I mean, we were making beats like before class, after class, like. So by the time we graduated, we pretty much had like our ear together. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And then the fact I had my ear together, you know, I started just asking questions. I'm like, all right, well, I need my drone to be thicker. Yeah. Um, I need these recordings to sound more like the radio or like more professional. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, I'm like, by any means, I gotta figure out how to make that shit happen. So, you know, I upgraded my uh, studio. I got a machine. Word. I still produce a machine right now. Okay. Um. You know, I did the engineering shit so I could figure out, you know what I'm saying, why does this shit sound like what I got to do to make my shit sound like that. Which which is also a great thing, right? Because growing up in in the local scene, I think the problem that a lot of musicians would make was that they would think about trying to be better than local motherfuckers. When my goal was always, let me hear who is out there, out there. And let me be honest about what my shit don't sound like, right? Because, totally. Because because it was, here was my goal, right? And this is always like the fear that I always had. It's like, yeah. imagine a DJ is rocking a party and they play like a record of somebody that's in the industry. And then they play your song next. And then there's like a sound quality drop, right? Totally, bro. You, you know what I mean? And I so, know, yeah. And so my approach is always, I want to be able to blend my shit with the motherfuckers that I look up to. And you never be able to say, oh, that sounds like a local record. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Exactly. I don't want that shit, Absolutely. Bro. So I I think it's dope that you uh, you started with uh, Fruity Loops. Was there, was there ever, and maybe this is probably like you a, gener- a little bit of a generation after the shit that I came from when niggas was like, you know, romanticizing the NPC, which I love the NPC, but there was a level of people were kind of like looking down on Fruity Loops and shit like that when it first came out. Did you experience any of that stuff, or did you miss all that um, when you started making beats? Um, you know what I'm saying? Like to be real with you, um, when the whole Fruity Loop thing happened, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Um, I was more so like. This is what I got right now. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm in high school, bro. Like, I don't I don't have thousands of dollars to, like, spend money on shit. 
Yo. So once I graduated high school, you know what I'm saying, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to figure out some shit. You know, I'll figure out some shit. I got my machine and, like, all the other shit, you know, because I, I got, like you said, comparing my shit. So I'm yeah. seeing what Dylan making his beats on. I'm seeing what Ye doing. I'm seeing what Lib doing. You know, the people that I, what Knife was even doing. Yo, I Knife the, started out with FL Studio. I though, have the so. greatest Knife Wonder Fruity Loop story that he told me himself. This is the greatest shit ever. So, um, story time with Preach Jacobs. <laughs> right? So, there is a connection, a Columbia, South Carolina connection with Knife and Jay-Z. And here's what it was. There was a producer, I'm sorry, there was a rapper named Spectac. You know you know who Spectac is? Yeah. All right. So, Spectac, when I was a kid. And Spectac's son is a rapper right now. Yeah. Not mistaken. Has, yeah. has to be. Has to be. Because yeah. like when I was a teenager, like I mean, like not late teens, I'm talking about early teens. Spec used to work at Sounds Familiar, my old record store that gave me their name, and I and I use it now. Spectac used to freestyle his fucking ass off. Then Spec ended up eventually uh, becoming a principal at, at a high school in Charleston. Oh, word. Yeah. So he was working on this project where it was like this principal that had these superpowers um, that was a rapper or whatever. My homeboy Sanford was doing these comic book illustrations, but he was working on a documentary of it, and there was a guy that filmed uh, the documentary. And I say this to say where the Columbia connection comes from, that comes from spec. So the the guy that filmed this shit saw that there was something where someone needed like a filmographer for something. So he submitted his footage. His footage was all the spectac shit. They hit him back and it turned out to be they needed directors for the Fade to Black Jay-Z documentary. Oh shit. So so check this out. Oh shit. So this guy, since he worked with Spec, Spec was doing shit with Ninth Wonder and all the little brother shit. So this guy when they're doing the Fade to Black shit, he's not hanging out with Jay-Z all day. He's hanging out with like young Guru all day. So Guru <laughs> Is in the studio, and this nigga is like pulling out the dude that us from here or from North Carolina is pulling out little brother shit. And he's playing it. And Guru's like, Who the fuck are these guys? Right. And he's like, These are just niggas I know in North Carolina. He's like, This is impossible that these guys are making this music, and it's just these dudes that you know. So he's like, Yo. Uh, so he's see- playing little brother shit. Yeah, playing yeah. the listening. So okay. Guru was like, Yo, see if Knife can come up here. So Knife makes it to Baseline Studios, goes to New York. Comes with a beat pack. Check the t- his now. Here's the funny shit. He comes there. He plays like joints with Jay Z. Jay goes crazy over him, and he ended up releasing like a mixtape of all the rejected Jay beats. Oh, I, I love yeah, that mixtape. Yeah. I listen to that shit. I still listen to this shit sometimes. Uh, and some of those beats, I think De La took one. He of them did a reject Nas uh, shit too. Man, shit was the hard. shit that he did for Nas, man. Oh. Yeah, I love his version of Carry the Cross, <sighs> nigger. Yeah, right, I digress. So here's what happened. <laughs> so here's what happened. So here's why I say this is the great fruit loops, fruity loop story. Jay hears everything, and then Jay's like, yo, this the beat sound dope. Listen, I've been wanting to flip this when a woman's fed up sample by R. Kelly. And he said, I want to do something with this. So he says to Ninth, hey, man, the studio, yo, do what you want in the studio, all these drum machines and shit. He's like, I'll come back in a few days, see what's up. And Ninth is like, give me 30 minutes. And they're looking at him like, what the fuck? Because nobody really fucked with Fruity Loops like that. Yeah. Knife is like, give me 30 minutes. He puts his headphones on, put his laptop out. 20-something minutes later, he got a beat. And he was just like, coming from Knife's mouth. He said, he said, Guru played the beat. Jay listened to it. And Jay was like, all right, I'm going to go in the booth. And like, what Jay is like, y'all niggas will stick a plan. Now, nah, Lob, stop fucking with me. And he said what Jay said. Knife <laughs> wonder. 
Man said a tear went down his eye. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> and everything changed from there. And so I say that to say. That shit did change his life. Amazing absolutely. song. Amazing song. Absolutely. And the thing about it is, if you're an artist, create, right? Because I used to go through the thing where, you know, I got I got techniques, right? When I was a kid, techniques, dog, techniques, the price never goes down. These motherfuckers are $500 a piece, you know, without the needle, right? <laughs> Yeah, that tech shit, it, Yo, it's crazy. So when I'm 16, 17, I want to do music, um, Vestax used to have these DJ packages where it had like two turntables and a mixer for 300 bucks. Okay. And like the pure, the, the, the hip-hop purists, they used to try to make fun of that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, well, those aren't techniques. And I'm like, yo, man, whatever you got to learn your shit on, do it. If you're an artist- Yeah, you'll upgrade absolutely, one day. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like- there's a lot of motherfuckers with expensive equipment that don't know what the fuck to do with it. I mean, it. bro, we got we're sitting here with this like fucking gimbal right now. Right? Like, I mean, you'll you'll upgrade your shit, man. You you'll figure this shit out. I was like, I don't want to buy no fucking camera. I'm not a cameraman. Yeah. But I will use this fucking iPhone. But the thing about it now is is I was talking to somebody the other day about this is like the information age where it's kind of it's kind of weird where we have access to the most information. But skill level goes down. And the skill level goes down because we have access to all the information. So nobody has to know how to, you know, change the plumbing in their fucking bathroom because we can look up a YouTube video, you know. But on the other end, as a musician and as an artist, the ability to get yourself out there is so much bigger than it was back in the day when we were trying to do shit, you know. I mean, I feel like it is, but it's also more difficult. I mean... Absolutely. Just speaking for my generation, like, we mad fucking selfish, bro. Mm. Like, you know, um, I was hanging out. With a chick, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. and um, she she does PR and shit, mm-hmm. and she was like, "Yo, like, when I get off work, mm-hmm. I don't want to fucking do no PR." Exactly, right? You know what <laughs> I mean? Or like, I don't want this artist to like reach out to me and like work on some shit. You know what I mean? And it's just like you know, like we I I can buy this gimbal, but anybody can buy this shit. Yeah. So just like how I can post the video, or I can make three shots. You know, somebody could look at my shit and like, I mean, luckily I got homies that shoot and shit, but you mm. know, some, it's an ass of people. Like, I can buy studio equipment and I could just put out a song. So, I mean, you got to be like, your skill level, I feel like it got to be higher yeah. on the like front end or either you just going to have to have a lot of money on the front end to like, you know, skip skip a couple levels and shit. Well, I think the other dope thing about you is that you diversify your portfolio, right? So, it's not just the music. So... You do stuff we don't like, have a choice, though. But fair enough, you know. I, I mean, there's there's very few people that can just do the music and and just stick with that, right? But but there's also a lot of people that can't do what you're doing. So tell the tell our our, our two listeners <laughs> about <laughs> about three shots. I mean, like three shots was his idea. Like I was hanging out with, uh, I was actually in the middle of a studio session. You know what I'm saying? We was just drinking. Mm-hmm. I was producing some shit, and we had like a really really dope combo. Mm-hmm. You know, and what pissed me off, I'm like, we ain't record this shit. <laughs> Nobody's going to see it. This shit is like a fucking folktale. Yeah. So I'm like, we need to be recording like this shit we Absolutely. talking about. I was like, I know dope people. They got shit to talk about. Why are we not recording this shit? Mm-hmm. So, you know what I'm saying? I just wrote shit down in my journal. Mm-hmm. And I hit my homie up. I pitched it to him. He was sold. Yeah. Um, This girl knew a girl who was an editor. I pitched it to her. She was sold. Yeah. And uh, I set up like a month in advance. Like what a lot of people don't know is like 
I change my clothes and shit. <laughs> but it's like shot in one day. <laughs> I shoot like, I take nine shots every time y'all see me. I shoot once a month. So, wow. you know, when y'all saw Dave, that was shot seven through nine. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was like, I be, I got to like compose myself. Yeah, like, you got you got to be like Vanessa on the Cosby show and have like tea in your shot glasses and shit like that. <laughs> it, it was crazy, bro. Like originally it was supposed to be six shots. But then, you know, my cameraman was like, you're going to die. And I'm, <laughs> right. I'm not going to watch you die on camera. Right. So if you think you're going to do 18 shots and, like, conduct a real interview, fuck out of here. And I was like, you're right. Yeah, I can man. do nine, though. Man. So how long you been doing it? How many episodes are you in? Um, right now, as of today, we do, we've done six, actually. Right. Yeah. Like, Dave was the sixth episode. So that's six weeks consistently. And next week, we're going to launch three more episodes of uh, the October series. And we're going to do the series until 2020. Oh, so after 2020, you just want to stop? No, nah, it's just season one. Okay, fair enough. Okay. Um, my, my shooter, Lee, shout out to Smith A. Lee. He's a movie director. Word. So um, he's actually going to start working on his feature film in January. Word. And we're going to kick back things up in March. You know, I'm going to be helping him out with his film. So I was going to ask, are you doing any scoring with the film? I'm doing scoring with the film. Word. I'm doing scoring with the film, you know what I'm saying? We're going that's when Money Sport about to kick off mm-hmm. money season again. You know what I'm saying? Money season means we just about to drop new music. Absolutely. So kicking off money season, helping out Lee with the scoring, you know what I'm saying? I just been in the studio producing now and mm-hmm. I can't wait to uh share that, you know, in twenty twenty. What's your process? What's your what's your production process? Um to be real, like my production process, bro. Is like a combination of um, sometimes I'll think it about it. Like, mm-hmm. I'll think about it in advance. Then other times I'll just be like, I just need to do something. Yeah. Like, I don't like going too long without doing something that I like mm. or like doing something. Like, I, I feel like I got to like remind myself that I'm like good at this shit. Yeah. So, um, so you you have doubts about it? You you go through the the the, the motions that all artists go through at once in the blue moon. You're like, what the fuck am I doing? I feel like good to me means like I just got to be better than I was. Fair so enough. good is not like okay if I can do what I did last year, mm-hmm. that isn't good to me. It's sort of like I remember I'm like real hard on myself. I remember when, like when Outkast uh, had the the Love Below and uh, and the Speaker Box album. I I never forget. They only showed it one time. It was the MTV Awards when Hey Ya was like the biggest fucking record ever. Mm-hmm. And I remember <laughs> at the end of the MTV Awards, they were closing it off with uh with Andre doing Hey Ya, and he started it off because I don't think they expected him to do this. He was like, "For the one millionth time, Hey Ya, goddamn it, one, two, three, you know." And yeah. he was just so fucking sick of it. And when you think about it, like we as fans, we love the music, but it's like. I remember when Prince used to used to get irritated about people wanting him to play Purple Rain. We look at it from a perspective of like this is our favorite record, mm-hmm. but he's like, I did this song 25 years ago, <laughs> right? So could you imagine as an artist, everybody's trying to resort you back to where you were years and years ago? I mean, bro, I can't wait for that moment. Honestly, you can't wait to get sick of some shit that you made a while. I can't ago. wait to get sick of some shit. I can't <laughs> what wait. What is this? I can't wait for somebody to be like, Yo, Bruce, like I just. I like this new shit, but like I love this fucking song because that means they got a memory attached to it. You know what I mean? It's like they like Prince other shit, but it maybe it was a time where he met his wife, or exactly. maybe it was like a monumental time in his life. So he just has like that 
that other shit attached to the song, you know I what I mean? I'm pregnant to your record. Speaking of Outkast, actually one of my favorite quotes is like, you only as funky as your last cut. So Absolutely. I, I just kind of keep that in mind when I'm like making beats or like working on shit. Well, you know, it's 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 funny. It's like we're talking about like uh, you having these different avenues of just being a creative and like what's going I on with I feel like that's the best word to describe me. I, I just yeah, absolutely. Like, these days, I'm just like, I'm good at what I do. I'm just mm. a creative. I mean, that's the thing about it, right? It's like one of the podcasts we were talking about um, Gordon Parks. And Gordon Parks is one of my favorite figures where he was an uh, uh, amazing photographer, but he's also the first black film director in the Directors Guild. And he, you know, he ended up writing music for concertos. So, you know, he did everything as an artist, like kind of like the Harlem Renaissance, where it's just like, if you're an artist, your job is to fucking create. Like nobody, like anytime somebody say stay in your lane, people don't say that to rich white folks, right? When we talk about like an NFL owner, they'll own an NFL team, but they also have like, you know, Jerry Jones businesses in oil. You know what I'm saying? Right, So right, like, right. So like when we try to do different things, all of a sudden we're told to just stick to one thing, and I don't think that's how artists operate. You know what I'm saying? So... When you look at somebody like uh when you look at people like Outkast, mm-hmm. um, do you do you have those feelings of like, wow, I want these guys to do like another record, or do you understand the level of people being burnt out and wanting to do something else? Do you see yourself always doing music? Do you see yourself in years uh, uh doing something else predominantly? Or I mean, what? just the fact right now is just like I'm doing a lot more than music. I feel like most of the revenue I made was me putting together like my YSWN show. Mm-hmm. So um, for those who don't know, like you know YSWN was this thing we did. Our first show was 2016 April. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And the idea came from I was going to like rap shows and they were like kind of boring to me. Yeah, I'm just like you know just on stage. It's yeah. not really doing anything. I got a, I got a thought on that in a second. Keep going. So then I go to an art show, you know what I mean? And I'm just like, it's too artsy. Mm-hmm. And my homeboys <laughs> is like, not into this shit. They not going to yeah, go. Exactly. But the bitches like it. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to do a combination of like, we got the shows, we got the vendors, and we got like the art. So like, mm-hmm. everybody can come together. Like, if you hear, you hear for this, like, I, it's kind of like, Comparing it to a modern phone, you Absolutely. know what I'm saying? You have everything. I could talk text, I could shoot, I could take mm-hmm. pictures. I got everything right here. Yeah. So that was the idea. All the shows went well. I mean, we brought over 400 people to each show. It was a major accomplishment. Where'd you do them at? Greenville. Where? Greenville, South Carolina has been like most of, uh, I will say they show me a lot of love, like. Even our here's a release party what we did for the last project we put mm. out. Like I mean, it was cold as fuck black last Black Friday. Yeah. And it was misting. I mean, we still had a great turnout. So I mean, shout out to the people that drove up there and shout out to Greenville for just always supporting the kid, yo. As hey. an artist in Columbia, and this is you know, for our podcast listeners, we do have people that's in Columbia. Uh what do you think are some of the pros and cons with with the support of the artists and specifically black artists here in the city? <sighs> That's a hell of a question, Look at that. 60 minutes, nigga. You know what I'm talking about? Give me a motherfucking job, CBS. I be asking a hard-hitting motherfucking question. Man, put that effect there. (laughs) 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 It will be back. (laughs) For real, yo. Like, man, um, I'm going to just speak on the hip-hop aspect because I know all genres is different. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Um, 
Growing up in Colombia, it made me hungry. It made me diversify my portfolio. Mm. It made me be like, well, I'm going to figure out regardless. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Me being here, I'm going to make the beat if I got to. I'm an engineer if I got to. I'm going yeah. to figure this shit out. And, um, you know, Colombia is just weird, you know? Like, it's just things happen after. Like, Colombia catches on late. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know, Black Zach, he just signed the Interscope. Word. Um, I went to school with his... Shout out to Black Zach. Shout out to Zach. You know, congratulations, dude. Um, I went to school with, like, you know, somebody he was talking to and shit. Mm-hmm. And um, I just seen the grind. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I worked at Kids Foot Locker in high school. No doubt. And, uh, you know, shout out to Max. And Max was, like, friends with Pierre. So, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? I, I, I knew Pierre. Shout out to old. You know, I just kind of seen, like, Shout out to Mint too. He's killing it right now. You talking about old Pierre? Yeah, I'm talking about Pierre Bourne. Oh, see, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, so I'm sorry, Charlie Murphy. Pro- producer Pierre Bourne and shit. Like I just kind of seen his grind, and I just you know it's just like the city is just like late. Yeah, you know Dave brought that shit. It was like it's just late. So um, I mean it, even to some of the shit y'all did, you know, like y'all brought little brother here, and like y'all brought like artists that were like bubbling other places, and yeah. y'all like trying to put the city on some shit. Man, look. I feel like we about to go in a different direction, though. Like, why, why, why do you think they were late? Because, like, I have thoughts, but what, what were your thoughts on it? Um, I feel like, honestly, if honestly, if I could be real about this shit, man, is like um, cultural awareness. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy that the internet is kind of like. I'm happy that the internet is here now. I'm happy you can go on Instagram. I'm happy you can yeah. go to these sites. And you can just kind of like catch up on shit. Mm-hmm. And I really feel like there's no excuses now for you to not know because it's so accessible now. Yeah. Everybody has an unlimited data plan, so you ain't scared to be on your phone and shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, now you should fucking know what's going on. Like, if you don't know what's going on now, it's just like... You actively don't want to know. Yeah, yeah, you, you, yeah, you don't know on purpose, so yeah. I got less sympathy for you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, the shit we doing, you know, like I said, it's simple but complex at the same time, and the most simple shit is the most complex. I was having this conversation with a friend of mine uh, tonight, and we were having this conversation. We were talking about Tori and moi. Um because I was actually interviewed. Man, uh, shout out to Chad. Shout out to Chaz, yeah. Buzz Nick. Uh, it's Chaz Bear now. He changed his last name. His oh, he last, actually changed it? His, his so last Bear, name is Bear's really his Bear. legal name? Yeah, he put Ocho Cinco? Yeah, right, exactly. Okay, yeah. shout out to Chad Bear oh, now, bro. Side note is we have a side promotion. So shout out to uh, the Mo Better Soul Loft Sessions. If you want to get your tickets, go to mobetasoul.bigcartel.com. This October edition of the Loft Sessions, we actually have singer Laura Reed from Asheville, North Carolina. And we also have... Andy Woodward, who is the drummer from Toro y Moi. Get your tickets now. Yeah, Anyways, yeah. <laughs> right? So um, we were having this discussion about, you know, as a as an artist in Columbia, why, A, do we feel like we get love other cities? And B, do we have to get the fuck out of here to do what we need to do? Man, and that's such a good-ass fucking question, dude. Well, here's a theory that somebody said to me, and I want to see what you think about this. and Because I, 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 I think, I think it's kind of spot on, where they said... <laughs> Like, I, I was at Target the other day, and there's this black chick that walks up to me. I really didn't recognize who she was. She didn't really look familiar, but she says to me, she said, you're aging so well. And I'm like, 
who the fuck? I'm like, you act like I'm 75 years old, right? And she's like, no, I remember you from middle school. You're aging so well. I was oh, like, wow. thanks, right? Okay. But there's a part of that. I say that to say, someone told me this. They said, the reason why it's so difficult to make it in your city is that the man that you are now, at some point in time, people saw you when you were trying to figure it out. Right. Okay. They saw they saw you when you had braces. They saw you when you were trying to become the person that you are. So sometimes the people in your city will weaponize it against you. So when you're doing something, they're like, "Man, I knew that nigga when he had you know a missing front tooth. Or oh, I knew that motherfucker when blah 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 blah. Or oh, I remember he peed in his clothes in gym class. That never happened to me. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> but you never forget that shit. Shout out to Khalil yeah. <laughs> who peed his pants in the fifth grade. I'll never forget. But streets never forget. <laughs> he'll never listen to this podcast. We cool. Mm. But 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 if you go to another city, right, the man you are now is what they see. You know what I'm saying? So there's never, you know, there's never that luggage of them seeing the other shit. So what you seeing the struggle and all that other wild shit. Which, which the funny thing would be that you would think that people would empower you by seeing you build to that, right? When people be like, "Yo, I used to see this nigga sell newspapers, and now he runs a multi-million dollar company." But a lot of times they use it the opposite way. Being you know, like, "I remember when you were struggling, or I remember when you got the DUI, or whatever the fuck it may be." Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 and, yeah, yeah. And, and so. There's a part of me that feels like some people... A DUI as a rapper might not be the worst thing for you. Right, right. It's <laughs> to get that credibility. Yeah. But it's like, it, it gets to the point where it's just like, you know, do we just have to get a new set of eyes that can see us how we are right now? You know what I mean? Do you ever get the itch to to want to leave Columbia as an artist? Um, <laughs> That's a great question, dude. Um, To be real, like, I'm gonna always have a spot in Columbia. Absolutely. Like, no matter what. Yeah. I love you know saying. Place. Yeah. Of course I'm focused outside of Columbia though. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if Columbia catches on, I feel like I get love in Columbia, but I mean, if Columbia catches on, catches on, great. Mm-hmm. I'm just focused on like, you know, the bigger picture though. If you had to talk to city council and city council comes to you because city council votes on like hospitality tax where to kind of direct money and stuff like that. If they said to you, hey, as an ambassador to the arts in the city, Tell us something that we can do to help artists in Columbia. What would you suggest to them? Okay. I would ask them, are we talking about current artists or future artists first? Give us a suggestion for both because we don't know what the fuck we're doing. Okay. A suggestion for future artists, man. We got to come up with a center, dude. Mm -hmm. And that way, you know, both teams can win. Mm -hmm. We got to pay the people that are good at what they currently do now. Mm -hmm. They can teach classes. We can have a beat-making class. We can have a producing class. Mm -hmm. We can have an engineering class. We can have a music business class for the people that are not, or that don't want to be the artist, but they want to be in the industry. Absolutely. We can have a fucking personality class for like radios and podcasts and like we're teaching the kids and shit so they can like be involved. Like, you know what I mean? Well, shout out to, to not to interrupt, but shout out to uh, Nickelodeon where the thing that I DJed last night, um, it was... Uh, something for Nickelodeon's Indie Grits Labs. So they basically have a house in on North Main where they're using the different rooms for workshops. And they have me doing some workshops in October. I'm calling the workshops the low-end theory where we're talking about hip-hop. Hey. Yeah, we're talking about hip-hop. So it's going to be from the civil rights movement to now. We're going to talk about the relationship between civil rights movement and hip-hop culture. We're going to be talking about from Shakespeare to Tupac. We're going to be talking about the artist sampling. Um, so... Well, that's dope. But the, and it's limited budget 
You know what I'm saying? This is something that, that kind of what I'm saying, like we want the city to kind of look at stuff like this. A lot of times the people that are involved with this, which they're also trying to do a radio show or radio station there with Indie Grits Labs, they're depending on the artists to kind of really donate their energy and their time and their effort. Like if the motherfuckers get paid what they would, you know, what it really was worth, you know, they wouldn't have the finances for that, you know. So there's, yeah. there's people trying, but it's not where it needs to be. Now, for, for the past artists, what would you say to city council? Well, that was the way to get the past artists to get some guap. Word, no doubt. That idea, you know what I mean? Um, as far as, like, you know what I mean? It gets complicated because well, the city's not going to be a record label. No doubt. Well, you know? Yeah, no doubt. As far as a show, like, we could come up with, like, a creative show. You know what I mean? Bring in some revenue, shows and things like that, but... You know, when you when you current when you out here doing your thing, you just gotta do your thing. What, what was I ain't most, really looking for the city to like help me out. To be real, what was the most valuable thing for you as an artist? If you look back and you be like, "Damn, I'm glad I had this resource that helped you become who you are." A resource? Yeah, something something that like was out there for you that really was a big fucking help. I would say my homeboy, fucking jail rigging that computer. <laughs> I would say Liv and Nunley Word. for playing all that real shit. No doubt. Shout out to and Liv. Me just like hearing greats and I'm like, yo, like I see myself on that tier. I know I gotta put in the work. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like when it's all said and done, I see myself there. So I kind of just said in high school is like, yo, whatever it takes, I'm which I know it mean it means work, you know what I mean? I'm whatever it takes, like I gotta stay up or I gotta listen to this or you know what I mean? You just mentioned a certain shit, and I'm just hearing what you're saying. Like, I just did my homework. Like, I just got to do my homework. And when you hear my beats and you, like, it sound like me, mm-hmm. or even my voice, or even when you hear me rap, you just know it's me because, like, I did my homework on, like, just what was done yeah. before me. Like, you ain't going to be like I sound just like. Well, your, your producer list, who's your who's your, uh, your top tiers? Dilla, of course. Mad Lib. Uh, Alchemist, yeah, RZA. That's four right there. Mm-hmm. Who's who's number five? Who's it? Who's your wild card? <laughs> My wild card would probably have to be I'm trying to think about somebody I listen to a lot. Mm. When I was listening to a lot of producers, um. It's pretty much them for right now, bro. All right, I got a, I got a better question for you. Name a producer that everybody's all over, but you feel like they might be overrated. That's overrated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spicy. Man, I ain't about to hate on nobody on no damn podcast, bro. So shout out if that nigga, I'd rather be overrated. Man, I'd rather mom, be overrated than on the this. My mom ain't about to call you and say, you said that the Dre was overrated. You know, she ain't about to say Man, that. when I post this shit on Instagram, bro, the street's going to listen to this uh-oh, shit. Uh-oh, so uh-oh. We'll bleep the name out and have people wondering. Hey, man, I'd rather be overrated than underpaid, bro. Amen to that. All right. You know, I will say to all those producers I did. Name actually made their own beats. You well, know? All right, what about what about underrated? Like, who do you think motherfuckers need to pay attention to more other than you? Niggas need to pay more attention to Black Milk. My guy, my sign, my sign, Black Milk, right, right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Niggas yeah. need to pay more attention to Black Milk. Niggas need to pay more attention to Kate Trinata. Kate Trinata, man, yo. <laughs> 
like Cater not is extremely he's extremely talented. Nobody really talks about that nigga. You know it what pisses frustrates me, me off. You know what frustrates me is that the Cardo, old, yeah. Cardo gets a lot of placements, but he doesn't really get the credit I think he deserves. The old guard of hip hop guys, I get mad when old hip hop niggas shake their fist all the time, mad at the younger generation. But when I hear people like Katronada and the work that he's doing and he's working so with the versatile, internet, yo, man. I'm like, we in good hands. Like I'm, I, I trust the younger generation because they have access to this stuff. You know what I'm saying? Where it's mm-hmm. just like, you know, the reality is every generation. From the previous, from the previous sector, always feels like the new guys are fucking it up, right? Could you imagine? <laughs> could you imagine when Wu Tang was coming out? The the nineteen eighties Curtis Blow <laughs> niggas was looking at Rayquan, Rayquan and Ghost like they were speaking gibberish. You know what I'm saying? Man, them niggas was talking about what was going on. Absolutely, but but. I can imagine the hip hop purists at that time looking at Wu Tang like, "What the fuck is this?" I mean, I'm pretty sure they was talking shit about Kanye absolutely. when he first came out. Oh, absolutely. So speaking of, all right, so you're gonna yay? Like, what's your take on all the stuff he's doing now? I mean, Kanye West uh, new album's not out shit. I got to listen. To <laughs> I new. knew that wasn't coming. You so know, dude, they said nine twenty seven. I was like, that shit ain't coming. I'm gonna have to wait for that album for me to say what I gotta say. As far as just Kanye in general, mm-hmm. you know, what I mean, he's a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, Kanye West is more of a quarterback than, like, a, a specialist person. Like, he kind of, like, coordinates it and, like, you know, every once in a while he might play receiver, but he's more of, a, like, an offensive coordinator, quarterback mm-hmm. type guy. And what he's done, you know, I can't take it away from what, him. What's your favorite album by him? Favorite album by Kanye West? Probably 808 and Heartbreak. Really? Yeah. And okay. With with uh, late registration, like, right on his heels. i tell you... One of my favorite Yay records that people overlook, and this is kind of like my ear going towards this. And technically, Kanye didn't do this record, and that's right. a, that's another thing that I think Kanye has an ear for. Um, damn, I'm gonna have to play this shit tonight. Devil in the Blue Dress, the shit with uh, Rick Ross. I mean, it's an amazing song. Man, dude. Yo, Bink did that shit. So if you ever listen, that's, that's that offensive coordinator. Yeah, yeah, like like yo, yeah. like you know the right people to turn, to put together. That's yep. that's kind of how I feel about Dre, right? Because like Dre is not the guy that's gonna pull out an NPC and drum the bitch out. Dre, here's the two things that Dre would do. Like when you listen to 2001, there's a lot of uh, what's my man's name, Scott Schwartz doing a bunch of production on it. Okay. That. So what Dre would do, he'll do two things. Dre understands the sonics of it, so he'll mix the fuck out of your record. Yeah, he's one of the best engineers ever. Ridiculous. Have you ever seen the Defiant ones? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he's amazing. Yo. I mean, the fact he had access to those Motown Raws was insane. Okay. There's a story behind that. So, (sighs) spicy. So, that uh, Marvin Gaye record that he was playing, uh, do you know who made that actual beat that they did the remake to? The shit that he was playing on that on that show, you know who made that? No, Lord Finesse. Oh shit, he made that shit. Yeah, you know how I know this? Because shout out to the homie tall black guy. Uh, he was uh, tall black guy. Yeah, that's my dude. He's really dope too. Yeah, he's, he's a really a, good producer. He did half of my project that we're working on now. I play some of that shit. He, yo, see, preach man. I know what's going on. I know what tall black guy is. <laughs> that's my dude. Yo, as soon as you start naming K. Tradonna and Dilla as your favorite producers, I don't have to worry about you anymore. I'm like, yeah, you, 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 you're already, you know, within the the guild. But um, I sound none like him. That's crazy. But that's the thing about yeah. it, right? It's that you can be inspired without sounding like him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I'll be trying to tell niggas that. You know what I went to this week? 
You ever heard of Dropkick Murphys? Nah, tell me about that one. You ever uh, seen The Departed? The movie with Leonardo DiCaprio? What the fuck was going on in that movie? Uh, it was like he was an undercover cop and all that shit. It won like the Oscar in 2006. You never seen the Departed? I thought Leonardo DiCaprio got his first shit when he was fighting that bear. He didn't. He didn't win the Oscar. The movie. The did. movie won Best Director with Martin Scorsese and Best Movie. Oh, uh, so, so, so you but, don't get an Oscar when it wins Best Movie? Nah, nah. You 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 get your individual shit. Oh, that's fucked up. Um, but the Departed. <laughs> the Departed was based on like Boston, like cops and shit like that. So Dropkick Murphys had this song that was in The Departed, and it's like this famous song. So like Dropkick Murphys basically is a punk group. They do punk rock music, but they do Celtic punk rock music. So it's all like like bagpipes and shit. Like shit like that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so like it's basically, it's basically porn for Irish white boys in Boston, right? Okay. And so a homeboy of mine, this was a homeboy of mine who's from Boston. He's like, yo, he's like, I got free tickets to a show in Charlotte. I know you might not uh, go to a show like this, but let's go see Dropkick Murphys. And I was like, sure. And he was surprised. But I'm like, I want to go see it. I was the only black motherfucker there. Mm -hmm. But I got to look at, like, because he told me, because they're in Boston, he said when they do shows... Um, in that area, they do Gillette Stadium. They do basically where the Patriots play. They sell that shit out. So me as an artist, I'm paying attention to the production of the show. And they're clean as fuck. How they do the shows, how they go to the next songs, how they do the transitions. So it's like a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people, I tell them, if you only listen to the genre of music that you make, then you're selling yourself short. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I can't, I don't know. If you're only a rapper, I don't know. But as a, as a but as a producer, dude, I mean, if you just say you listen to one thing, yeah, I don't know how you can call yourself. A yeah, producer. It's, it's terrible. So I'm not gonna say you can't, because I mean, maybe that's just you. But I don't know how you like gonna be inspired to come up with your own sound if you're like not aware of all what's going on. We're gonna have to kill that whole six pack, bro. Man, I'm, uh, I'm man, look, man. <laughs> I hold six. I hold six shots, man. You know I'm gonna kill them beers, bro. Let's let's do it. You know, and and yeah. I was trying to be all cool before you got here. I had like red wine because I'm on this keto shit. I but mean, I've, <laughs> I've had three beers before I came here. I just got done hanging out with this female, so I'm I'm in the game. Hey, yeah. hey, this female that he didn't bring over here to be on the podcast. Man, bro. You could have impressed the fuck out of her. So, how you doing? <laughs> Man, I don't want no girl around me acting on some groupie shit. You got to go. <laughs> if you want some groupie shit, man. I mean, I, don't, you wanna, don't you want them to be groupies? That's why we do the art. That's why I, we do the music. I'll see you at the show. Yeah, okay. If you want some groupie shit, come to the show and buy my shit. She ain't got to be a groupie to do the podcast with you. She can, she can enjoy your What's she going to talk about? She could she could be a she could make she could make a delicious quiche for all I know. <laughs> she, I had the ingredients and this is my recipe. <laughs> man, I would have told her ass, bro. As soon as I'm done with this podcast, man, I would have blocked her ass. So how, how do you feel about uh do you feel like it's difficult to get into like the dating scene as an artist? Is that a conflict of interest? I feel like who I fuck with know what it is with me. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty straightforward. What do you say? Be like, look, here's my drum machine. I got it's shit to show bitch. for it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just like, you know, like, yo, this is what I'm working on. Look at my shit. Yeah. You know, either you with it or you ain't. And um, shit gonna work out for me. It's always cool to have that, right? Because, like, the hardest thing as an artist is that there's, there's a lot of theoretical shit. Because the thing that people misunderstand is that as, an, as, a, as a musician, 
when I was working on my my analog album, we worked on one of the records, Baptized. We literally spent like six hours on a snare. Now, to me, I love that shit. But to to a woman that you're going that way, I know you're in the studio with a bunch of bitches and they drinking champagne. Like, yo, this is not, this is nothing like what I would have blocked her ass. Yeah, right? <laughs> right? Immediately, right. bro. But like, I got but, zero tolerance for shit like that. But, but, you know, but niggas be thinking the same thing. Like, people romanticize the shit and it's not the case, right? Because cause what you said, you did your homework. It's work. People think that, people think it's this glamorous aspect to it and it's parts of it that could be glamorous, but the work is the work. You know, yeah, it's it's a lot of boring shit. Absolutely, the boring but, shit makes the business. But you know, it's it's put it like this: it's boring to them if they're not of that elk. If we listen to this stuff, like I could spend an entire day like working part time at Papa Jazz. I can listen to a whole day just listening to the records, trying to find snares. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that to me is is my love language. You know what I mean? But I can't imagine somebody that doesn't fuck with music that way to embrace it like that. You know what I mean? So sometimes trying to find somebody to have that balance is really, really difficult. And it's not just with dating. It's like with your friends too. You know what I mean? I mean, to be real, she's going to have to have, she has to have something she loves. What, what about, what so about? So if she has something she loves, then she's too busy working on her shit too. So the time we spend together is already special. You feel me? What about dating a woman that does music as well? Has it become something that you ever, you ever experienced? I don't think I've dated a woman that has done music. I don't, I don't really plan on it. That's what I was about to say. Like it, yeah. could, it could be a pro or a con, you know? I don't plan on you, it. You know, you know where the calm come? But how don't you have make no beats for me? Yeah, <laughs> as soon as that happens. I don't really. You know, I've seen I've seen musicians date each other. It's not really nothing I'm interested Mm-mm. in. Dude. Nah, nah. You know what I'm saying? You got like this couple competitive slash envy shit going on. I'll, I'll pass. Yeah, yeah. I'll pass. None of that. None but, of that. But shout out to the people that's making it work, you know? Absolutely. I feel like if y'all both established y'all made each other older, then that'd be different. But you got to have complimentary things, right? It's that like Swiss and Alicia Keys, I like that. Yeah, like, I mean, like they, make, they both yeah. had their whole career before they came. And plus, they're complimentary. Like it's 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 Swiss has been a producer that that's kind of like want to be kind of in the background. So having your wife in the forefront that makes sense, right? I feel like Alicia Keys is in the background right now too. Yeah, I mean, she's they just like, get so much no guap behind the scenes. So oh, I like they're good. That. Oh, they're straight, you know. And, and I feel like it, it, it's like. If if a musician dates a woman that wants to be a manager, or or if you know Oprah has Stedman, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like 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 there's ways of of that shit. There's ways sense. to make it work. Absolutely, I'm absolutely. not that guy though. Yeah, you know. You see yourself settling down anytime soon? <laughs> he shook his head no for the people that's listening to the podcast. I got people listening to this podcast, bro. <laughs> I ain't tell nobody nothing though, so you know I'm just working. No, I, 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 I mean, I, I just said, oh shit, I'm not trying to fuck up my dad. I just, I just said, um, once I get a certain financial threshold, mm-hmm. you know, my views will change, and I still stand by that. I said that, and I mean that. So, mm-hmm. you know, certain things kick off. I get a certain amount of money. Mm-hmm. I'm open to do more things. You know, I just know fucking family is expensive. Man, look, man. Here's the reality of it, and, I, and this is the G shit that I tell you. You have any kids? No, no kids. Zero. Good. Yeah. Good. Pull out. Game amazing. Bruce has no kids. Yeah, you and me both. I mean, I had that fun time in Japan. I hope I ain't got no babies running around. But um, <laughs> but it's not like it was like you know a hundred years ago where it's just like you know niggas be <laughs> niggas gotta have babies when they're like eighteen because life expectancy is thirty. Like, we yeah, got, we live we got old time. as fuck right yeah, now. Yeah, we got time, man. Like, take the your fuck, time. David Letterman just had kids. You like, know what I'm saying? I mean, come on, like Noah, <laughs> right? Jerry Seinfeld, kids young <laughs> right. as fuck. 
Jerry Seinfeld's mom, no, no, no joke, is a hundred and one. Okay, so <laughs> right, <laughs> him at fifty is halfway at his life, right? He's you know having kids at the right time. You and know? Jerry's a billion. Yeah, he, that's the recent news. Congrats yeah. to Jerry Seinfeld yeah. and Larry David. He's a genius. And I bring uh, Jerry on the podcast. Why is this called the Negro League? And I'm a white guy. Like, shut the fuck up, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> He'll get it. He'll get it. He fucks with black culture, man. You, you watch um comedians in cars drinking coffee. Um, fun fact about me, mm-hmm. I fucking love stand up comedy. All right, like I am obsessed okay. with comedy. For those who don't know. Like, All right, so what's what's the last one you've seen? When I say obsessed, bro, like... We're good. Let's get into it. What's the I mean, last one I've seen? seen all of them. I watched Louis C.K. paper shit. Think of what, Purple Tiger or some shit, a paper tiger. Yeah, you're talking about, uh, uh, what's my man's name? from The Boston guy. Uh, his name Bill Burr, my Bill bad. Bill Burr, that's my guy. I sound goddamn. Yeah. Shout out I, yeah. Shout out to Bill Burr, my bad. Yeah. Bill Burr's great. Louis yeah. C.K. had the scandal. Shut up. I know. mean, you know, but, Louis, but, 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 Louis still hilarious. But but that's but, the thing. But, that but Dave up. Chappelle, I've seen the Sticking Stones. I've seen all of that. You know, um, I watched the HBO specials. I can't wait to see Eddie. Shit, he just got that oh, deal. So yo, Eddie, Eddie, I can't cancel my Netflix suspension. I mean, uh, subscription until I see the new Eddie special. Here's the thing about Eddie. Raw changed my life. Absolutely. Raw yeah. delirious. Well, here's the thing. I was talking to somebody the other day about. I said because this is actually an editorial that I'm working on that I was going to put out when Dolomite comes out. Um, the Eddie Murphy movie. Oh yeah, that's gonna be really good. I'm just happy to see Eddie back in front of the oh, screen. Yeah. In Eddie's like, me motherfuckers making all this money. I need to come out this motherfucker. But um, <laughs> I thought here's what I thought to myself because there's a lot of stuff that was in Delirious and Raw where applies today. Yeah, but there's a lot of stuff that probably didn't age well with some of the language. You know where <clears throat> I sneeze, nigga. I'm allergic to this. Drink, I'm drinking. But um, <laughs> some of the stuff that uh, 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 Eddie was talking about in Delirious from Raw, you know, he had the whole thing about uh, about like gay dudes, and he was using the word that rhymes with maggot. And I was like, oh, I was like, you know, the the time machine police are going to kind of attack him. And so right when I was thinking that, he puts out a statement this week about, you know, I regret some of the stuff that I said in these uh, comedy specials. So I was like, man, Eddie is so smart. That he's getting ahead of this shit before anybody says anything to him about it, you know? But I brought that up because I'm basically like, <laughs> how does somebody like Eddie come out and do comedy again now? Because in order to do like a stand-up special... I watch what I said. Somebody dig up this fucking podcast on my ass. Man, look, the type of shit that I have on these podcasts, necker. Every episode, <laughs> I end up talking about porn stars. But, uh... I hey, mean, with hey, the Eddie hey, shit, you know what I mean? Like, yo, like, I mean, it's comedy, dude. But that's you the, know, this that, dude, this that's dude the is not a fucking politician and shit. I mean, you got comics like, let me pull this shit up on my phone. Right How there. do you feel about the Sticks and Stones joint? Did you see it? You know, like fucking dude like Anthony, like Jalens, Giselle, whatever the fuck. <laughs> like, Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, Yo, he's like he's dark as fuck dog. and he says a lot Yo, of shit. So I mean exactly. like, but that's comedy like, Yo. Co- comedians is going to say shit. Nobody's on his ass. So I mean, he's hilarious, but he's, he's uh, super dark though. Yo, he goes in. He comedy a- is like rap to me, bro. It's different styles. It's different deliveries. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, man, yo, that's just his style. That's how he felt at the time. Hit, like, here's what somebody said to me. Times change. Here's what somebody said to me and this applies to everything. Rap said a lot of shit in the early 90s and shit oh, about yeah. that. I mean, no, like... There's a lot of that, a lot of that changed, shit. Man. Oh, yeah. A lot of that shit you could get away with now. If you listen to the old Ghetto Boys records and the old Snoop shit, like, ugh. Um, somebody said this. They said... I remember I was talking to a friend of mine. Um, I was looking at 
opening an art gallery, and I asked my friend, I said, because she had experience in the field, I said, what's your advice on this? And she said, look at the worst case scenario. If you think you can eat that, then go for it. If you can look at the worst case scenario and you think you can survive it, go for it. And I look at comedy that way. It's that look at what the blowback could be. If you can survive that shit, go for it. And I think that's true artist work. That's what we're supposed to do. You know what I'm saying? Because I think artists are the report cards of society. So if we're saying some shit that you don't want to hear, then you got to look at yourself in the mirror. Because when people talk about politics and politicians, it's not somebody that that you're electing. It's us. Because we're electing people that share our values. So if you don't like what these motherfuckers are saying, look at yourself. And plus, who gives a fuck? It's somebody, it's a comedian. Like, why give them shit for saying something? My thing is, like, it could be wrong. It could be wrong. Their opinion doesn't have any sway on what I do on a regular basis. Yeah, this dude's not a senator or a representative, bro. Absolutely. Like, you know, I mean, If you're more angry at at, at Chappelle for saying trans jokes than you are the president. The actual person that has influence, you know what I mean? Like, so, I mean, we in this. We in this whiny baby shit. I don't even want to talk about this cancel culture and all of that. You know, I'm just one of them even kill people. I just believe that, you know what I'm saying, you just got to, like, have control over your life mm-hmm. and pay attention to what's going on around you. You know what I mean? Like, when did this cancel shit start? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I, I'm trying to figure know. out when did that happen? I've never right? been part of, like, all oh, this person is canceled because something they did 50 years ago. I mean, the reality is, is somebody that's a journalist for the free times. And, and I Twitter have a, probably gonna come in my ass like five years later about that. Uh, and, and and let me go ahead and clarify, like I ain't saying like if you did something fucked up, you shouldn't be like not held responsible. But I'm saying like you know what I'm saying. If it happened now, like right, now, I'm speaking right now, 2019. Somebody do some fuck shit right now. You got so many avenues and resources to expose that shit. Mm. So if it happened in 2019, don't wait till 2050. I do think, that shit and get it out of the way. I think there's a part of that that I think people are misunderstanding, and this is the biggest flaw with cancel culture, is if somebody says something fucked up 30 years ago, it's not about what somebody says that's fucked up. It's about the society that was cool with it, right? Because things change. Like, you remember the, sh- the movie Revenge of the Nerds? Yeah, of course. There was a part in that movie where this dude tricked this girl into thinking that he was her boyfriend and he fucked her. Like, and we laughed at it. We thought it was, oh, <laughs> you know, that's, he, the nigga raped her. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that wasn't who she intended to have sex. You know what I'm saying? And, and so the thing is, you have to look at these things culturally and we have to admit, you know, society, maybe we wasn't the best on this shit. Especially living in the South, right? Like, we had fucking separate counters for, for water and food. I don't want to talk about the South, dude. Let's, let's not talk about the South. All right. <laughs> like, two yeah. hours later. Right? Yeah. 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 Let, 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 let's talk about, let's talk about um, this year's a playlist, though. The project that we did put out last year, though. Let's do it. Tell me about it. You know what I mean? Um, here's a playlist was basically, like, this ten song track we we put together mm-hmm. last year. We had this party called "Here's a Release Party." It was great. Where'd y'all have it at? It was in Greenville, and uh, you know y'all can watch the documentary there if y'all want to peep that. Like people are still tearing that shit up right now. It got so many different sides, you know, of like 
you're seeing I feel like you're seeing like the diversity the diversity that like I feel like my generation like wants. And I feel like it's the shit that like the people that involved in hip hop, like the OGs want that shit too. Like y'all want the Barzy song. Yeah. Then you kinda got the song with the eight oh eight. Then you kinda got the song with it. It's like something for everybody type shit. What are you listening to now? Nothing really. Did you listen to the new Little Brother? Yes, I did. How you feel? I mean, it was good. It sounded like Little Brother to me. Yeah, yeah. There's no. Uh, I wish Knife like, was doing like, this. Like the skit, you know. Knife got a beat on there. No, you don't. You don't. Nope. But that's that proves my point that I was telling somebody earlier. I thought I, he had one beat on it. Nah, it's, it's probably the Crisis record because because when it came out before I saw the track listing, I thought it was Knife too. But the last. Two episodes of the podcast ago, was talking to my homeboy Tobias that worked with Little Brother and, and is doing that artwork for the for the album. Shout out yeah. to Tobias. Um, we talked about Ninth not being on there, and like there's a few uh, interviews Little Brother was doing saying that Ninth wasn't on there. But that's okay. the thing. That's the thing that I was saying. It's like I love the album. They didn't necessarily need Ninth on it, but I always felt like sonically. They always had the spirit of Ninth Wonder on there. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it felt like Ninth was there. Yeah, absolutely. Even though, even though I always say this, and nobody confirmed this, but like the album cover, where you got Tay on one side of the couch and Pooh on the other side, and there's an empty space in the middle, I was like, hmm, Knife is supposed to be in the middle. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel yeah. like, you know. Yeah, we'll never, I mean, you, we'll, you, we'll know one day. You, you know who has a record fun. on there? Black Milk got a record on there. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not shocking yeah. to me. All the, all the people that make sense to be on there. Yeah. Yeah. So I love, I love that record. Um, there's nothing much else I've been listening to. I think if you could remember the shit you listened to this year, what's your favorite hip hop shit you listened to this year? Favorite hip hop I listened to this year? Yeah. Let me look through my phone. <laughs> they came out this year. Did we kill this this six pack? Do we have any more? Nah, we got one more. Jesus Christ! Yeah, I listen to a lot of stand up. Just me looking through my phone right now. I be tearing this stand up shit up. So much like rap to me. That this actually stand up actually inspires me more than rap these days. You ever listen to Gerard Carmichael's stand up special? Of course, man. The Gerard, eight one? Oh, I fucking love him. Gerard is uh you know, I know this is big, but I think it's gonna age well. I feel like Gerard is like the next Dave Chappelle. I can see that. Yeah. His show I've been great, telling man. niggas that shit. Like Yo. Gerard is so smart. He's so smart. And he a Carolina boy. He's so my favorite. Dude. Of course, dude. Yeah, Rod is my favorite for the future. Like, if I had to bet my franchise, if I was a quarterback, if I had to draft a quarterback, I would draft Gerard Carmichael All for right. the future. This is your yeah. second quarterback reference. Who's your football team? I'm a Panthers fan. Okay, how do you feel about what's going on with Cam? You know, Cam, if you're listening, bro, just like Hill. Mm. Don't play. You think he's going to pull an Andrew Luck? I just want you to be healthy, bro. I felt like last year he shouldn't have played. You know what I'm saying? I, felt, I, I agree. I, w- I would have loved if Cam just sat the whole year out. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have cared taking that losing record. We would have had a better draft pick this year. Mm-hmm. And Cam would have been 100% healthy. And, I mean, so do I want to count Cam out yet? Yeah, no. Just sit out, dude. Like, change your game a little bit. You're getting a little older. So, age, you know what I'm saying? Heal up. Wising up. You know what I'm saying? They carry this fucking franchise, bro. Yeah, I I have a lot of empathy for Cam because especially I'm an Eagles fan. So much pressure on him. Well, I'm an Eagles fan because when I was growing up, you know, my dad was a racist. He's like, I'm pulling for the black quarterback. And I was like, what black quarterback you fucking with? I fuck with Randall Cunningham. I was like, all right, well, that's our team. And that's kind of how we did it, right? And so 
the the type of language that you hear when it comes to black quarterbacks where you know ESPN be like oh he doesn't have a, a huge football IQ like quit trying to use cold words and trying to say that a black quarterback isn't as smart like that shit drives me fucking crazy what's been killing cam is he has no offensive line to protect him and he's I feel like Deshaun Watson ain't got no goddamn man. Yeah, he's, running, he's running for his fucking when life. When I was watching that Deshaun Watson game, I was just like, that, versus the um, Saints. The Saints game. That yo, shit was, in, I was like. That touchdown he ran for, he almost so, like fucked his back up. He's yeah. so good, but yeah. I'm like, man, like, shout out to D-Hop too. Yeah, oh, you know, absolutely. More, more South Carolina Greens, but I was just like, man, what the fuck, like. Yo, D-Hop had a 99 uh, How rating on uh, Madden. I mean, D-Hop's amazing. You play Madden and uh and two K all that good shit, man, bro. I have had no time to play games. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm aware if I played a video game, I don't know what to pick because I actually do watch sports. Yeah, you know what I mean. But um, so what's your take on this Antonio Brown shit? If you're a sports dude, <laughs> would you be happy if AB came to to the Panthers? AB's not coming to the Panthers. He's not, but yeah, but still. I don't want to talk about What if Ron Rivera was like, fuck it, I need to save my job? Because I think I think he might be on the way I out. I mean, he would have to play injured Cam Newton. He's mm-hmm. not going to have a backup throw to motherfucking AB. Yeah, and yeah. AB wouldn't come to the Panthers without Cam throwing to him. So, but shit, y'all won, y'all won y'all last game. So, you know, y'all got your backup. I Sean. mean, AB's not coming from a backup throw. I just know AB. AB's not having a backup throw to him. AB, this- AB would have to know that Cam is healthy. Yeah. And AB would rather sit this year out to have Man. a backup quarterback throw him. You know where that nigga gonna end up at? He gonna be back at the Steelers. <laughs> I mean, to, to be real, like from you know these new reports is saying like you know Robert. I mean Belichick and fucking uh, Brady didn't want AB to go. Yeah, I personally felt like yeah. AB just should have shut up after he got cut. Well, that was that was AB's fault. And, and then and then if he stayed quiet and the allegations passed over, I felt they would have brought him back before the playoffs, yeah. before the trade deadline. I, I, I think so. They would have brought think, him back. I think AB's inability to stop was just... He doesn't listen know. to his PR team, wrong story. At all, at all. His PR team gives him solid advice, yeah. and he doesn't listen. Yo, the like dude, when he said, thank you, yeah. that should have been his last tweet yeah, for quite some time. But he should have like, got off Twitter for like two months. That nigga was like Came back. Him and Grunk would have came back, and Tom Brady would got a seventh ring. Yeah, but Josh Gordon is balling now too. So I mean, I ain't even gonna sleep on the Patriots. Like, oh, the Josh Patriots, is, man. Josh Gordon is looking elite. So I hope Josh can finish out the season. I'm an Eagles fan, but the only team that I see fucking with the Patriots is probably the Chiefs. I think Patrick Patrick is, is special. Yeah, absolutely. I can't lie, Patrick is special. Listen, and, he's and, like a creative player. Yeah, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He has a 99 rating on uh, Madden now. I mean, he's worth it. He should have been at it. He yeah. should have had it when the fucking game started. So, yeah. shout out to Madden for, yeah, like, yeah. wising it up. He's like, yeah, he's pretty perfect. I think, like, the cool thing about it is I think this is the first time that we've seen so many black quarterbacks kind of killing it right now, which also kills the narrative of, like, oh, the, the fucking NFL IQ. Like, fuck y'all. But, you know. Quarterback is so difficult. So, shout out to them guys doing that. I mean, yeah, absolutely. It's so difficult. Absolutely. Such a hard job. What's your NBA team? I'm a Lakers fan. All right, so how are you a Panthers fan in, in, in football and a Lakers fan in basketball? I never gave a fuck about the Hornets. You never gave about the Hornets? <laughs> not, <laughs> like, not even with like Larry Johnson and Muggsy Bogues? I mean, I know the team. You know, I yeah. like them. Yeah. I like like Glenn Rice and Muggsy and Larry. Glenn Glenn I mean, Rice. Yeah, I know I know my history. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Larry, though. Motherfucking legend from college. 
Oh yeah, UNLV. I, I, I mean, what a wonderful story. I loved it. Wearing gold grills with t-shirts and dunking on niggas, dressed like a dressed like somebody's grandma, looking like prison ball. Man, look, like, man. I, you know, shout out to Larry, but um, yeah, I've always been a Lakers fan. You know what I'm saying? Kobe Bryant is my favorite player. Really? Still, yeah. Okay. You know, it just obsessive work ethic. I love it. Me and Kobe have the same birthday, so yeah, we Virgo house. Good. Yeah. Good. Did you you see that shit about him and his daughter? Of course. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's real shit though. You know, fuck, fuck that uh, all trophy society shit. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Put it, put in this work if you want to make this shit. It's Kobe Bryant. He don't really got time to bullshit. If he coaching your daughter, man, either your daughter gonna damn make this shit work, or I damn do some other shit. Get a different coach. It's Kobe. He ain't so, never been soft. So, as a as I'm an not artist. really soft, so that's why I fuck with Kobe. Yeah, Kobe's my dude. Like, like, yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sad. I'm a triple fire sign. What? What's it, when's your birthday? April 11th, I'm like, all fire. I'm like, Aries, Aries, Leo. Man. Yeah. You're so, like the, the walking embodiment of emotional herpes. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty chill, man. I just put my energy in what I put it in. Right. If you try me, man, it's flame on. That's the thing about it. It's like, you, when niggas is like really, when you really... When you really bother that shit, you're going to be chill. Yeah, niggas is yeah. really, really chill. Like, I'm, I'm more cautious of really chill motherfuckers, right? Because it's like, it's like, I got a homeboy. Shout out to my man, Tyrell. Tyrell yeah. is like 6'5". Like two eighty something. He ain't got no choice but to be chill. He's, he's the nicest nigga in the world. He's that's, huge. That's yeah. how I know he a killer. That's how I know he a killer. I'm like, man. Yeah. If, if a six five niggas was angry, he would have been locked up. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. He's the nicest motherfucker ever. Like he's the coolest motherfucker. Like, but like we be talking, he's like black belt or martial arts wrestler. But I was like, man, nigga, this that's is right. Why, this is why people have concealed weapon. Permits that's right. That's for why niggas n- like you. That's why <laughs> niggas be cheesing and, and laughing and relaxed. The nicest you know? nigga ever. Yeah, yeah. The niggas is all rowdy. I'm like, I can't buy it. Yeah, I don't worry about them. You're not a threat. Nah, I don't worry about them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's the it's the Chihuahua barking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? I ain't, come on now. So next year. You said you're gonna finish the first season of the Three Shots. All right, which which I'm gonna be on there soon. Oh yeah, he's gonna be on into there. existence. I'm gonna it's be gonna hammered. Be I won't get fucked up for you, man. man. I'm, I'm telling you, where all the bodies man, buried. Fat came in there taking extra shots and shit. Where? What was, was he drinking? Like, we had Espelon for October. Okay, where, 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 where? I switched it up every month. When's uh when's that one coming out? Um, I think the last week in October, yeah. Okay. Word. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, so I want to be on this. Ahead, yeah. So, so what's next? So after, after the three shots first season, what's next? Music. All right. And Time for that money sports shit. You know, we got merch coming out actually in the next couple of weeks. So y'all going to see that. Y'all going to enjoy that New Wealth shit. It's going to be called uh, New Wealth University. Word them up. You know what I mean? Money sport grad school. So if uh, if my people wanted to buy some merch, where where do we need to go? MoneySportInt.com. MoneySport International, their abbreviation. Run them up. Yep. So what's your what's your motivation right now? Who are you listening to that that like you listen to them like yo? I mean, is- who I listen to all the time, regardless of listening to Nipsey Hustle. And I mean, it's Shout like it sounds so like weird because he's dead now. You got all these fake fans and like hype beasts. Yeah. Um, I've been listening to Nip for quite some time. Yeah. I just enjoy Nip. I never said. Nip was the best rapper. I still ain't gonna say Nip's the best rapper. What I enjoyed about Nip was the things he did say he meant. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in my generation, for you to say what you mean is kind of rare now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot of rap cap going on. So to just hear somebody who's just like genuinely like, yo, this is what it is. This is me. Take it or leave it. 
I'm going to still do my own thing. I'm going to still take my own approach. I'm going to come up with genius marketing methods to cut through the noise. Yeah. I mean, you just got to take your ass off to that shit. I mean, Nip bet on himself when major labels is offering him deals that he just didn't feel like were up to par. He's like, I got this. I got a plan for this. Yeah, that's why I fuck with Young Dolph right now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I like Dolph, so. I like guys like that. You know, I like the guys who, like, I'm going to do me. If there was somebody that you wish you I'm could. forced to be me. Absolutely. <laughs> if if you had one person that you wish you could produce for, who would it be? It would be for Nip. Right. If there's one guy, Nip. You know what I'm saying? Well, somebody that... uh, Somebody that's alive? Yeah. I don't want to sound so harsh about that. But um... Shenanigans. He's 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 popular as being FaceTimed on the podcast. One in the morning. It's Barack Obama called. <laughs> it's like uh listen, Aaron Bruce, uh, Michelle. Yeah, that's Barack. I would have been like Michelle is yeah, like preach fuck you. I'm answering. You about to have secret security <laughs> kicking this shit, man. Relax, Barack. I don't want niggas in looking me up on CNN the next shout, day. Shout out to Barry. Yeah. Um oh, just talking about the HBO show? No, I love that show too. Have you watched that? Yeah, she won an Emmy. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, he deserves it. It was Yo, amazing. The episode is called Ronnie, whatever the girl name was. The episode where oh, uh, the karate chick. Yo, that was. Yo. I think that's what they won the Emmy for. No, I that, mean, shit that was, just shut down the that season. That shit was incredible. That shut down the whole season. Yo, Yo. I love, I love, I love Bill. I love that show. I love the writing. I yeah. love the. I can't wait to see next season. That's my favorite comedy. Also, Rice's Gemstones, which is Stop. based off are a you, South Carolina you, show. Are you up to date on that? Come on, dude. Oh, my God. It's based off South Carolina. I'm watching yo. the fuck out of it, yo. yo. All of the Danny McBride shit. Like, cause he that, lives in Charleston. You yeah, know that. yeah, I was going to say, because um, Vice Principals was in was in North Carolina. Was it was in Charleston. I'm sorry. Yeah, he, I think he's just obsessed with like South Carolina. Absolutely. So, I mean, shout out to Danny, yo. Yeah, he's yeah, a I like hilarious him. man. Keep it up, please. You ever saw Eastbound and Down? Come on, dude. <laughs> My God, fuck with you, man. Yeah, man. I'm, yo, I'm very aware of yo, pop culture. He I love is it. fucking hilarious, His man. writing is genius. Oh, It's so God. accurate. He's such good at depicting dumb people on camera. <laughs> yeah. Um, anybody alive? Don't know yet. All right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I can't name one person that's alive yet that I'm like, if I had to pick just one person... I mean, you pick more than one. Just, just give me some motherfuckers. It's like shit. If Jay Z listens to this podcast, like he don't want to produce for me. Oh, you know. I ain't saying I don't. I don't want to produce for Jay Z. You know, uh, Max B for sure. If Max B gets out of jail tomorrow, I want to produce a track for Max Shout B. Shout out to Max B. I really like Max B. How much longer is he? Is he gonna be locked up? I don't know, but Max B for sure. Okay. That's my dog. I've been wavy. Right. Um, <laughs> if motherfuckers paid you a million dollars, would you do a record for Takashi right now? <laughs> Nope. <laughs> exactly. After taxes, it's not worth it. Yeah. All, all money ain't good money. No, nah, I'm not producing you for 500000 yeah. B. Yeah. That whole shit. What's your take on that shit? Because cause they said that he's turning down the uh, you know witness protection to change his identity and shit. He's just going to beef up security, but he thinks he can have a career after this. You think he can have a career after this shit? <laughs> Man, with these kids right now, you never know. Yeah, the kids don't give a fuck no more. Like, I'm young, but, like, I'm talking about, like, the kids' kids. Like, yeah, the elementary, don't, middle schools. They don't give a fuck no more. We'll see. All I'm saying, um, I don't know who's going to be security. 
Yeah. Yeah, who, is, yeah, who's going to take that who's risk? Who's going to be like, I'm going to be security for this shit? Like, you're actually like risking your life every night. Like, could you is, imagine a nigga... Ain't fucking with that shit. Could you imagine a nigga that's with the Secret Service, like, like protecting Trump? Like, this ain't no, like, college <laughs> niggas. Right, exactly. I mean, government security is so much more well thought out. You know yeah, what I'm saying? They know you're going ahead of time. They're staking it out. They yeah. don't... Government security is legit. Rap security, they don't have the resources or the money to do that. Yeah, it's just the biggest niggas. It's like we're just pulling up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We're gonna like look intimidated. We're gonna look around and we got guns. Yeah. You know, so Donald Trump ain't got no worries, bro. We ain't even got no story of a motherfucking assassin attempt yet. Man. They ain't never tried to kill Obama. I mean, it's president, I'm, president, you wasting your time, bro. Like they've learned from JFK. Yeah, that, Ever since that, Jeff, yeah. that like that was mad embarrassing. So it's just like you know, Yo. if 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 anybody feel like they can just kill your world leader, yeah, that's just saying your your country's weak, man. Pretty much like Abraham and JFK. That was like we done with this shit. <laughs> it's never happening again. Shout out to Honest Abe. Took one to the temple at a play, man. At a fucking play, man. Like the scenarios is just wild. I mean, JFK is at a whole parade. Like, there, they they really with that public bullshit. Yeah, there's another president that that had an assassination attempt. I think it might have been Garfield in the uh, 1800s. They tried to kill Ronald Reagan. Yeah, yeah, Reagan. Reagan almost you know unsuccessful. Yeah, yeah. Unsuccessful. But but his thing about Garfield, Garfield didn't die because of the gunshot. This is how he died. The doctor looking at his gunshot wound in his back. Stuck his pinky finger in the wound. His finger was dirty. Yeah, he died yep. from the infection. Yep, his finger was dirty. So like, so like, we go back to like that's that bullshit medical practice. We uh, we go back to the incompetence. That's how George Washington died. George Washington was sick, and the, there was a a a, a thing they used to do for people that were sick. They would say we will bleed the bad blood out. Right. So they basically Which is idiotic. Cut, yeah, they cut George Washington's yep. wrist. And was like, we're gonna bleed the butt the bad this blood. Man, out. Vessel made him die. Yeah, that nigga died from bleeding the death. Yeah. Let me tell you something, man. <laughs> right. You know you got people talking about they get on like time capsules and shit. They yeah. would love to go. I would hate to go back in time. I'm gonna tell you why. Mm. One, my phone is gonna be useless. <laughs> Two, I would one of my biggest fears is to know how bad back in the day smelled. Man. I know people who smell like animals back in the day. Nigger. Like, I can only imagine. It'd be the baddest bitches smelling like doo doo. I'm not doing it. I just would have been like, whoa. They would have killed me immediately. So I'm like, <laughs> I have no interest in. I have no interest. Somebody said that if a nigga born in 1902 or a nigga living in 1902 took a time machine to 2019 and ate McDonald's, that shit would kill him instantly. <laughs> right? I mean, that. I'm throwing that nigga in the shower anyway before I take him anyway. I'm like, bro, you going to take this shower and we're going to put some regular clothes on you and try to not act like a caveman. Man, I remember I was watching an episode of like uh, Deadwood and you know, it was like- He probably have like the neatest hand right now. Absolutely. He's like a writing cursor. Yeah, that nigga be writing- They don't teach cursive in school anymore, be writing tougher than the the baddest bitch. Kids kids can't even learn cursive anymore, but like it was an episode of Deadwood- and it was like this Man, guy. Yo, my nigga be watching HBO. I'm telling hey, you, you ain't got no HBO subscription, nigga. Get right, bro. HBO, HBO's go. the fucking best. Yeah, yo, bro. shows show titties and say the word fuck. Let's go. I love HBO. Yeah. But it was an episode where this guy was like at a whorehouse, and like he got all excited about the whores, and he said to the one of the chicks, they had their clothes on. He's like, "Excuse me, ladies, can I get a whiff?" 
and it was just a bunch of like whores. They just like flapped their dresses, and he just took a whiff. He was like, "Ooh, doggy!" And I was like, "Is that what got niggas excited back in the eighteen hundreds? Is taking a whiff?" Niggas weren't fucking like that back then. Man, look, bitch, take her shoe off and show her ankle. Nigga, busting nuts. Like, oh, that's crazy. <laughs> oh, look at those toes. I would have died. I would have <laughs> died back then. Hey, bitch, do you know about the buck? Let me put you in the buck. Yeah, <laughs> man, you talking real shit now? I ain't man. about to go there. Man, look, <laughs> but you see that tear go down her eye? I'm like, yes, oh. I got you. I have you. <laughs> you just turn to Africa. I have you know. That's that raw right there. That's man, that Eddie look. Murphy raw right there, man. <laughs> That's just fun, man. You about to have a hard time editing this episode. It's a lot of good shit. Man, we ain't none. We're going to put this shit out. I, I thought we were going to talk for like 30 minutes. Are, are, are you just keep it raw, man? Huh? You just keep it raw like this? Man, shit. Have you, yeah, the Negro League, man. We said what the fuck we want. Oh, I had a, man. I had a whole episode talking about when I was at a restaurant here and I saw a porn star that I followed. Okay. Yeah. Like just randomly in Columbia. And stuff. Man, man. I mean, uh, South Carolina niggas be hiding out in the cake. Absolutely, it's like one of them hideout states. Like celebrities come in and just be like, I'm just oh, yeah. lay low. James, fun fact: James Franco hides out in Asheville a lot. Really? Yep. That makes sense. It's a hippie town. You ever you ever done shit in Asheville? Bro, I love Asheville. I go there a lot. Yeah, my band is based to out of think. Asheville. Man. I just go there just to think. Yeah, that's my spot, man. You get yourself in the mountains, man. I play the, the Leaf everything. Festival. You need to go to the Leaf Festival. What's going on out there? Um, so the Leaf Festival they're doing in Black Mountain, which is like ten minutes from Asheville, but it's a big hippie festival. It's a three day festival. Um, I played it a few times with my bands, but like, yo, does your phone work in Blackville? Yeah, it should. What you got? Verizon Wireless. What you got? Yeah, you got it right. Yeah, you good. You're good. You're straight. You're straight. I ain't doing that bullshit. Man, take your ass a leaf, man. It'd be great. Asheville is great. And I'm going to tell you what's great about Asheville. Somebody told me about this study about these kids. They were like in Chicago and they were doing, they were in the city. They weren't doing very well in school. And so there was this program that took all these kids just to the mountains for the day. Yeah. And when they come back, they're doing better in class. Their grades are well. They're not disrupting class. And they said, this is a term I never heard before. It said that the children, Suffered from nature deprivation syndrome, which basically was just y'all niggas ain't outside enough. That's it. Yeah, just just. I, I love how scholastic shit. Just like literally being around trees would just make you better. Yo, ain't it the most gangster shit? That was the doctors like yo. The doctors were basically like nigga, just go around some trees. What's gangster is the wording. Yeah, nature deprivation. Absolutely, so. yeah. It's not like it's not like something you take a pill for. We right? gonna work. We gonna if anything the English language is gonna do, we gonna word some shit up. Absolutely. Yeah, but yeah, but I thought all niggas ain't outside. That's it. Just say that. Like, nigga, go out and play. I would love. I would love to be like uh, your son has the y'all niggas ain't outside syndrome. <laughs> That's the name of the episode. That would be a skit. <laughs> That's the name of the yeah. episode. We got an episode. Y'all, y'all niggas ain't outside. Y'all niggas ain't outside. That would be like I've been in the doctor's office like word. We would call this. Uh, well, I know the medicine for this one, dog. Appreciate it. Y N A O. That's what we call this episode. Y'all niggas ain't outside. That's it. Yeah. But that, but but it sounds so simple. You know, the vitamin D don't activate if you're it's, asking. Exactly. Got to be around the sun. Got to be around. Yo, that's yeah, it. That's for the fake woke niggas listening. Yeah. It's a whole tap. <laughs> Man. Let's talk about that shit. <sighs> the fake wokeness? Yeah, yeah. I ain't really a fan of that shit, B. Me neither. I mean, anything. Everybody on this. Yeah. You know, I'm awakened now shit. Here's the thing about it. And this is what I was saying earlier. Is that this generation... 
have the most access to information, but they don't know what to do with it. You know what I'm saying? And so That's why you got to lock in on what you want to do and just do that. Well, we don't. The thing about the younger generation is we know how to be outraged about something, but we don't know how to mobilize, right? So, so we have because they got social skills. We have the ability to get your attention. We have the ability to say, "Hey, I'm pissed about this. Let me show you this. Let me pull a highlighter out and show this." But we don't know how to handle what's next. We don't know what to do. We don't like the, the younger generation. Don't know that if somebody says to them, it's sort of like this. If you've been trying to chase a bitch for, for years, and she say, all right, well, what do you want? And niggas be like, oh, uh, uh. I'm going to give your ass that answer. Yeah, absolutely. I know exactly what I wanted from your ass back then. Put your mouth here. Thank you. But you know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mama. And hey, that ain't my answer, y'all. Y'all listening. That ain't your boy. That's what he wrote. But now, <laughs> but, now, but it's like, but but in a, in, a, in a nutshell, that's what ends up happening is that, is that I think, a lot of we talk about the woke shit. I think I think niggas want to be more outraged about shit than wanting to fix shit. You know, um, one thing I do tell the people around me is like, don't point out the issue. We all aware of the issue. Absolutely. So if you just calling me to talk more about the problem, man, get the fuck off my phone. Exactly. Call me with a solution. Absolutely. Or I'm gonna call you with a solution. You know what I mean? So this. That's what we got to do. You know what I'm saying? The problems are evident. If you don't have a problem, if you don't have a solution to the problem, then I feel like you should just be quiet until you think of one. Well, there's two types of people that you're going to come up come across, and this is like... You got whistleblowers, and it's already purpose. Well, yeah, whistle, yeah, whistleblowers and snitches are two different things. But it's like... But here's, here's the thing. It's two types of people you're going to encounter, right? If you have an idea or or a solution or something that you want to do, there's two types of people you're going to come across. There's going to be people that's going to tell you about either A, how many reasons why this shit is not going to work. Of course, the pessimistic people. Or the people that's going to find how to make it work. You know what the I'm saying? The optimist, pessimistic person. I mean, you yeah. know, you gotta have, you gotta surround yourself with people that's like, because I, I want people that's real. Do this. I don't, yeah. I don't want you to be fake about it. No. You know, but think that shit through. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think, um, I think what we're seeing now with so many young people of color running for you know political offices and stuff like that. You know, I, I hope that there's a trend upwards where we get these young people that are computer savvy, that are internet savvy, that's IG Shout savvy, social awareness. You know, that can not just showcase what the problem is, but be able to show what we can do to kind of help solve it. I mean, that takes critical thinking. Yeah, absolutely. And critical thinking requires time. Yeah. So, you know, that means you just got to shut up and think. <laughs> what, a, what a notion. Yeah, yeah. you just got to shut the fuck up and think. You know, my cousin who's a lawyer, you know what I'm saying? He was like, yo, bro, like, I came up with the most shit when I was just sitting still. Oof. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, yo, I feel you on that. I come up with a lot of shit when I'm just sitting still. Absolutely. I just sit up. I just sit. Because I already put what I want in my subconscious already. Absolutely. And then it comes up. And then, you know what I'm saying? It's a solution and I do it. You know, I was thinking of some shit before I came on this podcast. The solution came to me. So, just shit like that. That's how you got to move. I got a question. Like, as far as like, Every artist... My father's a real deep thinker, too, so I guess. 
Well, I guess this kind of falls into the line what I'm about to ask. It's like there's always this thing with artists who are talking about how their families a lot of times either were really supportive of their artistic endeavors or their families are trying to encourage them to do more traditional shit. I don't even think my family is like either way. Mm-hmm. They're just result driven. So okay. it's just like, you know, if you're doing something that yields results, do that. All right. If it's not yielding results, then you need to find something that yields results. Yeah, they'd be like, where's the Grammy? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. She's just like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you say you're working on this, well, we got to see something. Mm. You know what I mean? And Fair I, And then, you know, it just makes me think, you know? I don't look at it like they don't want me to do anything. It's just like, you know, it's a profession. So they need to see revenue. They need to see results. Burn them up. Not a hobby. Well, if it doesn't make money, they call it a hobby. Exactly. Yeah. Well, here's where, here's where we're going because we're about a, a buck twenty something. So here's what I'm saying. It's funny that you Man, mentioned my fans go listen to this whole shit. L- l- you you got them better. Um, <laughs> so that's not a country shit. But yeah. it's like we talked about how you came around and I had like the locks and shit like that. You yeah. know. There's a level of artists that are coming up that are looking at you as the OG. Right. Yeah, I'm a young OG. Y'all done doubled up. Yeah. So my question is, the people that are, that are looking up at you, what message would you give to young hip-hop-inspired dudes in Columbia? What advice would you give them right now? Man, y'all are in a wonderful position. Mm. Y'all about to come into this wonderful decade, bro. It's our decade coming up. I've been saying this shit since, like, 2013, yo. Like, 2020 through 2030, through 2030 is our time. Mm-hmm. So... You know what I mean? Boot up, work on your shit. You know what I'm saying? The A&Rs, the eyes is about to come here. You, you don't, you're not going to have to move at by the end of this decade. Word them up. So, you know what I'm saying? If you're in middle school or you're in high school, like, just do you, bro. Like, don't get discouraged. It's, it's our time. You know what I mean? Word them up. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing is that... I feel it. It's it, in the air. It's all about, like, you know, when we talk about, you know... The cities, I'm taking a picture. We're talking about like the cities about, um, you know, the biggest impact are the people that can stay where they are and create um, something really special where they are without having to dip, you know. Because the certain cities like Miami and LA and shit like that, it's full of implants, you know. It's full of people that came from somewhere else, you know. But, but they also support a lot of people that came up there. For Yeah, for real. Which yeah, is yeah. very special, you know. I feel like it's what we're actually going to fine-tune this next decade. Like, okay, stop bringing up their shortcomings. Everybody has fucking shortcomings. Mm-hmm. But this person is nice at what the fuck they do mm-hmm. and respect them and support them, you know? Yeah. So what do you think is the, the greatest asset as an artist here in Colombia? What do we have here? I mean, shit's different now. Um, I feel like... What it forces you to do is like it makes you, it makes you think outside the box. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I it, agree with that. It literally makes you think, okay, it's going. If I really want to do this, I'm gonna make it work regardless. That's my theory, right? Yeah. Is that being in Colombia, when you're forced, I would to, say the whole cat. Yeah, when South Carolina at least. Yeah, when you're forced to be creative, that means that now put it like this, right? The first car that I learned to drive, um. My aunt had this big ass nineteen like eighty four Lincoln. It was huge as shit, right? And she was like, "I'll give it to, I'll give it to Derek. That's my name." And and my mom was like, "I don't know if that car might be too big for him." And I told my mom, I said, "Look, 
if I learn how to drive on this big fucking tank, oh, you can whip around. I can do whatever. You can put me anything after that, and I can kill it. That's Columbia. Columbia, if you can maneuver in this fucking city, the hustle that you got to do to be creative in this city, you can put me in any big city, and I'll kill this shit. You know, I'm going to tell you what I... <laughs> I'm going to tell you this shit, and I hope y'all motherfuckers listening, y'all. On some, like, non-hip-hop shit. Yeah. It's like, it's cool to be uncool in Columbia, and that shit's mad fucking lame. Mm. So y'all got to stop that shit. Like, y'all got to stop that... I'm being lame on purpose and that shit cool. Like that whole crowd, yeah. I don't really vibe with that shit. Yeah. Message. So, yo, cut that shit out, bro. If you see a nigga on some wavy shit, doing some shit, mm-hmm. fuck with it. Y'all niggas corny on purpose, man. Fuck that shit. Y'all niggas why? Like, stop that corny shit. And stop pushing <laughs> that corny culture, bro. Absolutely. Like, that's why I stopped going to them, like, super RC-ass events, man. She was just mad fucking corny, bro. Like, fix that shit. Absolutely. Support was... Next support was doing something like if you can look somebody up and you see they doing some shit, fuck with them, man. Like, you know, shout out to everybody right now. Shout out to you. Shout out to Dave. Shout out to Fat. Shout out to Chris from you know what I mean. Yeah. Shout out to all the niggas who like yo like I see this this man doing something. Absolutely. I'm with it. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. yeah. You can support somebody based on. You thinking they're dope. You don't have to wait for somebody else to co-sign it. And I think that's the biggest thing. that We always try, people try to wait to see if, oh. That's pretty much what's going on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They got to wait for somebody else to validate it. Fuck that. If you think it's dope, it's dope. You know what I'm saying? So we about a, we about a buck, and, buck and a half for this podcast. Yeah. Tell everybody where to follow you, what to check out. Give me all of your promotional shit. I mean, bro, it's your boy Ram Bruce, R-A-N, Bruce. Bruce like Bruce Wayne, nigga. You already know. <laughs> Money Sport, I-N-T, short for international.com. You know what I mean? Three shots on the IGTV. All the exclusive new wealth shit is going to be out by the time y'all listen to this shit. MoneySportInternational.com, YouTube, all that fly shit. Let's go. Yo, I have so much respect for you for doing the pull-up late at night and said I'll be there in 15 minutes and you was here. I absolutely love what you're doing here. The city is better to have you here. I'm glad you're here. And Thank anything you, man. you need, I'm here. And this is Preach Jacobs. You can follow me at Preach Jacobs at all of the social media platforms, whether it's Instagram, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Twitter. And you can also listen and check out Mo Better Soul clothing at mobettersoul.bigcartel.com. Enter the code NEGRO to save 10% on your next order. And we're also sponsored by Tussie. Deodorant. Tussie, Tussie, This guy is right. wild, bro. Yeah, that's our sponsor. I wouldn't uh, even feel comfortable <laughs> typing in Negro if I was white. <laughs> this is the Negro <laughs> League. This is the Negro League podcast. Thank y'all so much for listening. Shout out to Preach, man. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate you for having me, dude. Hey, man, dude, it's an absolute pleasure. Let's finish these beers. Yo. Yeah. This beer's dead, dude. <laughs> Peace. Talk about. <laughs>